anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. All right, all right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. Happy Friday. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And back with me is my better half, Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. What's happening, man? Oh, nothing too much. Just uh, trying to get through the week. Thank God it's Friday. Although that doesn't mean anything for me since I don't work a normal schedule. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the life of a uh, a semi-entrepreneur is never, <laughs> it never ends, you know, even if, if you have a regular nine to five, you still have uh, work you got to do on the side. And uh, since you work nights and a bunch of weird, uh, weird shit going on, that's, uh, that's tough for you, man. I always feel bad on Friday, especially like a Friday today where I'm basically off. I do this and I do some other, um, you know, uh, stuff in the markets, but it's, it's a pretty light day for me. And, uh, as soon as we wrap this, uh, all I have after this is the, uh, the Friday night happy hour that we're doing a very special edition of that tonight, which I'm looking forward to. So I always feel bad that you got a, a full day of work ahead of you after we, uh, we wrap the show. It is what it is. And you know, even if I didn't have work tonight, I'd still be working. Uh, I don't I don't think I ever stop. Uh, I had a, a friend who had asked what my plans for the weekend were. And I said, well, I'm I'm working. I've got to go. I got to go uh, back home tomorrow for a funeral. And then Saturday or Sunday, uh, Saturday night's my last night that I work. And so what I usually do on like my first day off is I just stay up all day. So when I get off work on Sunday, I'm going to go to Lowe's and get more sheetrock. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to work in the house all day. And then whenever I get done hanging sheetrock, then I'm going to mow the yard. And sometime around six, seven o'clock, I'll take a shower and go to bed. Then I'm like, how, how do you just like stay up for 24 to 30 hours at a time? It's like, I don't know. That's just <laughs> part of it. Well, you get, you do have to take breaks from time to time. Don't burn yourself out. I, I know it's tough because every time you have some free time. You're like, well, I should kind of be working on this or I should do that. Um, but it's important to uh, take a little time for yourself. Much easier to do here where I can just go for a beach walk every, uh, whenever I want. Yeah. Or if I go walk outside, the goats are yelling at me. The chickens are squawking at me. Like I got, got people who want attention out there. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know if you heard, we got some really good news from um, our wise overlords at the uh, Center for Disease Control. The pandemic is over, officially. 
by by their metrics, you don't have to do any of the retarded things they were asking you to do for the last two years. They just uh, all of a sudden decided we're, we're going to be done with this. You don't have to uh, quarantine anymore. The unvaccinated and the vaccinated should be treated the same. Imagine that. Um, students don't have to, you know, quarantine after exposure or anything like that. I don't, I think I, maybe we're done with the testing too, to, to get it. I think we've been done with that for a while now, haven't we? It said, uh, it said there's no reason for testing unless you have symptoms. symptoms. Like, yeah, there, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be testing people who aren't sick. Um, imagine that that's, that's like, that's not something that anybody has said at any point prior to like yeah uh, yeah no and it's not like i didn't spend probably around five hundred dollars over the last couple of years on tests that were negative every single time like i've also had covid three probably three times and i guess what i knew when i had it each time it was crazy like i felt sick so i didn't get on a plane um, every other time I flew, I had to pay, you know, between 40 and $50 for a fucking test where I already knew the answer to it. What a goddamn racket, man. We should have set up like a fucking booth to just do these tests. You get a bunch of government funding and you don't even have to run the tests. Like just tell them they're fucking negative every time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure somebody was telling me about this one guy that was running like three of these things and he got like caught, like not actually testing, but he, he made like fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just right. You know, did, did we talk about it on, on this show? The, the two chicks, uh, I think it was somewhere in New York that uh, ran oh, yeah. like a clinic and they were, uh, they were giving out fake um, vaccine cards, vaccination cards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they had, they had the, I guess it's the problem that every, everyone in organized crime runs into is the books end up killing them. They, but they literally had, <clears throat> they literally had a notebook where they like kept track of everything and like they had documented all of it so that they could keep up with it and like how much they were charging people and stuff. And like they, I can't remember what the exact number was. It was well over a hundred thousand dollars that, that they had made off, off of just doing uh, fake vaccine cards for people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so disorganized. I would never write anything like that down, but <laughs> which is why, you know, another reason why the, the, uh, the army of IRS agents that are about to be crawling up all of our fucking asses for the rest of our lives is, uh, kind of terrifying. You know, um, I, I don't know what the size of the, the current IRS is, but I think they're like doubling it or tripling it or something like it's less than, it's less than 87,000 employees isn't it i i I just don't know where they're going to find these people like so before the show you and i were talking about it i actually uh actually did a little bit of research i'm i'm that psychopath that like i I actually go and look at stuff um i found the application for for these jobs and so i was going through like everything on the application process you've got to have so number one they have a uh, a maximum age you can't be older than 37. It is considered a uh, like a law enforcement type job. And because there are certain physical requirements of an enforcement type of job, uh, they can legally put a age cap on it. So 37 is the max. You can't be older than 37 for, to get the job um, or to apply for the job. Like if you 
I guess if you already work for the IRS, you can move into that role, but you can't. I better hurry up. I only got about a month and a half. Yeah, no new applicants yeah. after 37. So I, my dreams were dashed immediately. And then um, uh, you have to have an extensive background in either law enforcement or uh, like fraud and accounting type stuff. Like, like, yeah, like forensic accounting or some shit. Yeah. yeah, like you've got to have a, a pretty extensive background in all that. Basically, these jobs are um, they are criminal investigators for the IRS. Like that's their that's their job is to look into people's finances and, and money and find out who's not paying their taxes. What uh, what was the salary? Do you know? Uh, starting at 60 grand ish. It's not terrible, but I mean, yeah, that would be a pretty significant pay cut for me. And plus, it's a. Uh, Minimum 50 hours a week, plus you're on call 24 7. It's like, man. Plus, you're, you're selling your fucking soul to the goddamn devil for 60 grand a year. These motherfuckers. I, what we were joking before the show, like, I, I couldn't imagine knowing anybody that works for the IRS. Apparently, there's about 80,000 employees. I just looked it up. So, this is a doubling of the current IRS that we've had. And but it's just to go for the you know the billionaires and maybe maybe some millionaires here and there. But we're gonna double the the entire fucking thing. Um, it, I couldn't imagine knowing somebody that worked for them, and, and just like the the amount of disdain I have for a person that would at, like take that job, believe in the mission, and and like dedicate their lives to robbing people of their hard earned fucking money. Is it's just unbelievable. These, these people should be fucking social pariahs, like right up there with the meter maids. Like if there was a meter maid in my family, I would just like berate them until they probably fucking, um, I don't know. They they certainly wouldn't come to any family events. What are some other jobs that are like that? Because you know there are there are plenty of those out there that is like who would actually do that and. Yeah, just like despicable, uh, soul-crushing jobs. <sighs> well, those are like the two, the two biggest ones that I can think of. Um, I mean, I, I, I would think that just like, pro, like even just prosecuting people for like victimless crimes, drug, like enforcing drug uh, crimes and shit like that would be, it's pretty low. See, I think I think about stuff like that. But I think there are people who legitimately like they get their rocks off and think they're really they're really helping society. Like they're removing these horrible people from the streets. Like, yeah, um, that's just a regular dude who's trying to pay his light bill this month. Like that's he just that's just a college kid that happened to get set up by a federal agent and bought some dope from the wrong person. Like. It's just a dumbass kid that wants to get high. Like, but the, the they're the people who are prosecuting those, like they legitimately think that they are in the right, that they're the good guy, and they're like yeah. they're keeping well, they, terrible they sort people of like, off the street. Yeah, they sort of obfuscate the issue of like, well, th- these are like violent, you know, these are violent crimes because like look at all the the violence that surrounds like the drug, you know, you have the drug cartels and gangs and all this stuff, but the only reason that that violence exists is because they made it illegal in the first place. Um, you know, it's probably a bunch of socialists that are applying for these IRS jobs. They're like, Oh, you're not paying your fair share. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Get their Bernie on. 
Yeah, the, the people that never fucking uh, pay for anything themselves either. Yeah, the other thing is like the, the just the cost of like the cost of these audits, first of all, but the cost of the additional cost of doubling the IRS um, employment, like all of these fucking salaries, even if they're $60,000 a year, uh, plus benefits, plus, you know, the pension for all these motherfuckers when they retire. Uh, this is like a, a ton of money that we're talking about, specifically so that they can go after uh, people that are probably uh, making around $60,000 a year or less. Um, it, it really, and, you know, maybe they started this side gig. And the reason they have to start a side gig is because the government's already taking like 25% of everything that they fucking make. And so they're trying to make up for that on the side. In addition to working, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. Now they they started this little side business and that, that brings in like, you know, another 500 bucks a month or something that they're not reporting to their fucking, uh, their our wise overlords in, in DC. And this is, this is who they're going to go after. It's, it's so fucking despicable, man. That should be the first line of attack whenever these people come after you. It's like, how how much do you make? You make more than I do. Why are you coming after me? That because that's going to be happening. They're they're going to be going after people who are making it's you know upwards of twenty grand a year. So probably in like the forty to fifty thousand dollar range. Those are people who have a bunch of like side gigs or or uh, do like gig work type stuff or sell a bunch of shit online like people who can comfortably pay their bills doing that because of the way they live. But a lot of it is to some extent outside the scope of, you know, normal income streams and stuff. Those are the people that they're going to go after. They're, they're not actually going after any billionaires in this. Like, oh, no. I mean, they, they literally gave the billionaires the biggest out in the world when they took out the, uh, the carried interest, they, they gave an exemption for carried interest. I mean, like that is, if you need any more proof that they're not going after billionaires, it's like, well, what would have been the biggest tax increase on fucking billionaires and millionaires, like all these hedge fund managers and everything like the it's the carried interest loophole. And I mean, without getting into too much detail on that, but like basically what that is for these people is instead of taxing most of their income as like regular income, it gets taxed as a, as a capital gains, like all these hedge funds and these managers, they charge uh well, hedge funds charge a fee, but then they also take a percentage of the profits that they get for their investors. So uh, two and 20 is like the typical thing. So that the 20% uh, profits, um, it's basically a fee for them. It's not like they're investing, you know, you and I, we invest our money in the stock market. We take profits, we pay a uh, capital gains tax on that, either short or long-term, depending on how long we held the, the stock. And that gets you know, uh, taxed differently than just like if you were earning a salary from somebody. But if you're investing somebody else's money and you're taking 20% of the profits, it's not like you risked any of your own capital or anything like that. So it's, you know, it's basically just a fee that you're charging. Um, and you know, it's just on profits. It's not like a flat fee or something like that. But so that fee uh, that they charge gets um, taxed as capital gains instead of ordinary income. And that's like 20% difference, like right there, they're saving 20%. So if they really wanted to generate more tax income from the millionaires and the billionaires, they wouldn't have taken out that exemption. 
but of course, then they wouldn't have been able to get uh, what's her name, uh, uh, Semena or something. What's that? Oh, Kristen Cinema. Cinema. Yeah, yeah. It, I think she was the last holdout, and it was because of the carried interest thing. And in order to get you know their fifty plus the fucking Kamala Harris to to tip the scales, they had to throw her that bone. Surprise, I was, surprise. I was really holding out hope that she would, the mansion caved and made the deal with Schumer. And so he wasn't the one that, that uh, ran the thing aground for him. I was really hoping that cinema would just come in and be like, fuck y'all. We're not doing it. And, and then walk out and, and, and not let them pass it. But uh, yeah. they, I, I guess they pulled out all the stops on this one. Uh, yeah. It really is unbelievable that they can still pitch it as a way of like taxing. We're going to get the the last, all these tax cheats, all these rich millionaire and billionaire tax cheats. We're going to get them, but we're also going to give them this major exemption. And, and by the way, uh, millionaires and billionaires don't have to cheat on their taxes. They can arraign like the whole tax code is designed by millionaires and billionaires for millionaires and billionaires. So they get to arrange their affairs to avoid taxes as much as possible. It's, it's easy for them. They don't have to cheat. They have like a million different ways of sheltering their income from taxes because they are the ones that write the tax code. They are the ones that line the pockets of the ones that write the tax code. The only people that are probably technically cheating on their taxes are the ones that we were talking about in the gig economy. You you have like a, you know, you're like a bartender or a stripper or a waitress and you're making fucking cash under the table and you're not reporting it kind of thing. Um, the, the people that actually really need to, to uh, you know, uh, to keep a lot more of their income are the ones that are going to get fucked by this. And, uh, well, that's like we've talked about. I think we've talked about Trump whenever they were really hounding him for his tax returns, and and Warren Buffett comes out and is like, "Well, here's my tax returns. I paid this much." It's like, yeah, but that's a lot different. Like you're you're the CEO. You're like a normal. You have a normal job. If you look at the way Trump and and uh, all of his businesses and stuff are structured, uh, there are all kinds of loopholes and ways that he can he could probably realistically get away with not paying any taxes ever he just has to you reallocate money in the right way like they talk about all of his failed startups and how many times he filed bankruptcy on different businesses and stuff it's like yeah that's like when you make that much money you can take the risk on filing or on starting up some you know not guaranteed win of a company and if it fails, then you just get to write that off. That's a, it's a tax write off. Like he can, he's, he is work. He's gaming the system in a way to keep from having to pay any more into it than is absolutely necessary. And like, it's a, it's a risk, risk reward thing. Like you can, you can take chances like that. It's like people, the average person doesn't understand how the tax system works anyway. And especially at those high ends uh, the, and the way all of, all of it is structured to keep those people from having to pay any more than is absolutely necessary, which I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. It's whatever. I, I'm not like the, I'm not opposed to a flat tax, but I also like, I don't care one way or the other. It's uh, the whole thing is a yeah, well, weird, weird game anyway. Right. And the, the Buffett thing used to just drive me absolutely fucking crazy because it's so dishonest. 
This guy, he's a billionaire that pays himself $500,000 a year in salary. Now, why does he do that? Why isn't he paying himself like 20 million a year? It's like, well, um, because he only needs like the 500 grand to kind of maintain his lifestyle and everything else gets taxed at a capital gains rate, which is like 20% instead of 40%. And, you know, he, his stock, I, I forget where it's trading now, but it used at the time it was trading at like 20 times earnings. So like every dollar that he didn't take from the company added $20 of value to his fucking stock, which he was getting paid in like stock options. So it's like, dude, this, this is such bullshit. And it's just like, Oh, my secretary is paying a higher rate than me. It's like, yeah, because you're, you're intentionally um, structuring your pay in a way that you know gets you gets you the lower uh, the lower rate. But the uh, you know the other thing about the the income tax is like, why don't we just get rid of it, like altogether? The government is just gonna fucking create the money out of the thin air anyway and spend it. It doesn't matter. Like there's no there is no like link between how much they tax and how much they spend. There isn't. Uh, we're running trillion dollar deficits right now. Those are probably going to go way higher in the uh, the near future. So it's not like they're like bound by how much they take in in taxes. Why not just get rid of the thing altogether? We can just keep everything, and then we just have to worry about the uh, the inflation tax. <laughs> I mean, th- this whole thing is just a charade to sort of give this illusion that the government is like this honest uh agency where like you know we and it we have this like social contract where like we all pay into this system and then they take this money and they do good things with it it's all bullshit it's all bullshit and they could get rid of the income tax tomorrow and they could function exactly the way that they're functioning today which is running ponzi schemes left and right why don't the average why don't average people ever ask that question like especially the ones who are such simps for the government and think the taxes are a good thing and that our taxes go towards uh, the roads and all these and social security and all these social programs and taking care of poor people and everything. It's like, okay, if it actually did that, why are our roads shit? Why are poor people still poor? Well, like what, why are, why are there still homeless people? What are all these social programs actually accomplishing? Not a fucking thing. And and they're running, like you said, they're running trillion dollar deficits to do it anyway. So what's the point of taxing us and taking our money just for the thing that they're going to spend more than what they take on anyway? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a testament to the the whole system that they've set up of propaganda. I mean, there's probably like a schoolhouse rock video that everybody saw in like fourth grade that explained how all of this works. And like, we all pay into this system and then they do this with the money and they do that with the money. And it's, Dude, it's just so evil on on so many levels. Like it it absolves people of responsibility. They think that they're doing like this great thing, this noble cause that they're donating to by, you know, by um advocating that other people pay into it. You know, it's always like, oh yeah, the rich should pay more because like we need to feed the the hungry and we need to house the homeless and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, if you really fucking believe in these causes, then stroke a check. Um, don't just like push this responsibility off on the government to take care of it and the, the government to take money from other people to donate to causes that you care about. 
uh, it's like this, it gives people this like perverted sense of, of virtue. Like they're doing something noble and great by advocating other people pay for causes that they believe in themselves. And it's, uh, it's despicable. Like nobody does anything anymore. Um, personally, like they don't, they don't donate to a lot of all of these people that advocate for increasing taxes on other people. I guarantee you, they are some of like the, the cheapest, most selfish people on the face of the earth. They don't don't like Bernie Sanders doesn't donate a fucking penny to any charities. The only thing that he donated to uh, the last time I saw like his tax returns analyzed were other political campaigns and shit like that. Like, and he, he, guess what? He maximized all of his deductions to minimize his tax burden as well. So like the, the, these people are, are fucking despicable, but they end up getting, you know, this, this, uh, these cheap virtue signaling points because they're advocating uh, higher taxes. And I'm fine paying more in taxes if it means this, or if it means that, are you though? And, and by the way, nobody can even feel the taxes because they take the money before you even get it. That's the other thing that's just like, if I could change one thing without changing the tax code at all, it would just be like, you don't get to do withholding. No, no, you get your whole paycheck. And then at the end of either every month or every six months or every year, you have to fucking stroke a goddamn check to the government. Just that alone, I think, would change a lot of people's mentality. But if you never see the money... And, you know, you get you, you're getting like direct deposits, like how many people actually check like, OK, this is this is how much I earned and this is how much I was actually able to keep. It's like, no, you just see this one line item coming in and like this is how much I'm making. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't typically look at my pay stubs unless there's something like unless the total dollar number on it is something like way irregular from from the norm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, I mean, they've definitely see, figured, I don't they definitely figured out the taxing game is if you take it out uh, straight out of the check and not have people like have to take any responsibility for paying it themselves, then nobody even thinks about it. Nobody's, nobody's as mad about it anymore. Yeah, It hurts a lot less. I mean, the only time I really look at it is every year when I have to uh, make my annual uh, donation to this fucked up system. And I calculate, I, I get to see exactly the total of everything that they've fucking taken from me. And it's like, Holy shit. And they've been doing this since I was 15. And okay, so that's like fucking 22 goddamn years of the, Like if I had all of that capital at my disposal, I would be in a much better financial position. Like there's just no doubt about it. And when you run the numbers on these Ponzi schemes that they've, you know, uh, propagandized the American people into paying into social security, social security is like the worst fucking uh, return on an investment ever. Like assuming you make it to 65 um, and who knows how much longer you live after that. The annualized like rate of return is like less than 1%. I think I was listening to uh, that guy, Anthony Davies was like, he came up with this plan to sort of phase out social security over the next 40 years. And it was like, yeah, you earn like less than 1% return on your social security investment. Like that is abysmal. You could just fucking take a dartboard of stocks and throw darts at it or just buy, you know, just buy an index fund like Warren Buffett suggests, and you will get a much better rate of return than that. And the, the idea that they're taking, you know, 30%, 40% of people's income to pay into these things and you get 1% back, if that is just tragic, it's 
app, like you'd be so much better off keeping your money and allowing, uh, even if you're not competent, paying somebody else to invest it for you. You'll do better than 1%, I guarantee you. Yeah, I, since we're talking about it, I decided to pull up my paycheck and, and have a look at what they're taking out in taxes. I need to uh, go back and redo my W-2. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing is like, I'm going to get rid of some of my, um, you know, like my, my dental insurance and stuff, dude, it's so much cheaper to get stuff done in Mexico. And it's like, if you're in nice, like if you're in really touristy places like uh, Puerto Vallarta, there are dentists and and doctors that are from the U S that just set up practice here. All the Canadians fly down here to get their teeth done. Like I have to get uh, my two wisdom teeth pulled. I looked into, I don't know if I talked about this on the show or not, but so I got the, uh, I got the estimate from like an oral surgeon in the U S and it was going to, you know, it's like somewhere between 3,500 and $4,000 to get two teeth pulled. Um, and a, a lot of that cost is, is basically just, you know, going under to, to get it done here. It's uh 7,000 pesos. That's $350. Um, now that doesn't include the, uh, them putting you under, but I think that's like, okay, another 500, I think for two hours of, uh, going to sleep. So, um, and, and my insurance covers like half of, um, the cost up to like 1500 bucks or so it's like, like something stupid. Like, why am I paying all of this money, uh, it, for dental insurance when you can just get this stuff done for like practically nothing in, in other countries um uh medical stuff too like a, a three night stay in a hospital here with like them running a bunch of tests is like 1500 bucks last time i checked which was like a couple of years ago when uh when a friend of mine's daughter spent three nights in the hospital uh could you imagine just spending three nights uh a three night stay in a hospital with them running like dozens of tests on you not knowing what is wrong the, there'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'm sure. When I was in college, I had a collapsed lung and I spent three nights in the hospital um, with that. And like, I mean, they did x-rays daily and stuff like that. And it was, it was either 12 or 15 grand. I can't remember the, uh, uh, I was, because I was a broke ass college kid, I was able to get the the hospital had like a program where they would write some of it off. And so I ended up getting it down to like 6,000, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was 12 or 15 grand for three nights. And that was like, they, they knew I was wrong. Mostly I was just like laying in the bed until I recovered. Yeah. But they, it doesn't stop them from running meaningless tests. I remember I had like something, they just kept running this, this one test over and over and over again. And I knew, I already knew the result of it, but it was just like this easy thing that a nurse could do. It takes like five minutes and I'm sure they build my fucking insurance company hundreds, you know, hundreds of dollars for this thing. Uh, it's, they've done a tremendous job of fucking up all of these industries, increasing the cost of, of, uh, medical care of, uh, education of literally everything is exponentially more expensive. And they're taking more and more money from us to allegedly pay for it. Even though like, you know, it just keeps getting more and more expensive. The care gets worse and worse um, or the education gets worse and worse. And and what's their solution to that? Uh, let's double the IRS, give them all guns so we can hunt people down and, and, you know, shake the last couple of fucking quarters out of them. 
I mean, they're, they're bringing us like fucking bar rags for every last drop that, that we have. And I, I just, ugh, it, it's just so frustrating to, to watch people continue to believe in this system. Like I, that's one thing that's coming out of this, uh, this whole Donald Trump saga that I guess we could uh, sort of follow up on in a minute is that people are starting to rapidly lose faith in all of these institutions. Um, unfortunately, I'm hearing more like we should reform this, we should reform that instead of abolish it. Yeah, you're muted. <laughs> I've had to yell at a kid. <laughs> the, uh, I would say one of the maybe fortunate things or, or positive things that is coming out of this uh, Inflation Reduction Act is I have seen a lot of mainstream news outlets that have run with explaining why the Inflation Reduction Act is not actually going to reduce inflation and why adding all of these IRS agents is a bad thing. And like, so, so there is some pushback. I, I was even looking at a, an article from uh, The Hill or some, I can't remember. It was a, an opinion piece that talked about like um, the, the Democrats death wish for 2022. And it talked about how all of the things that they've done wrong for the last year and a half, uh, they are now doubling down on it. Like that's going to somehow, if they just keep doing it, like keep smashing your head harder against that wall and it's going to cave in eventually. And they're instead, they're about to kill themselves. Like people are, people are seriously getting fed up with this shit. Yeah, it's great. Well, it's a great metaphor for just how government operates in general. You keep doing the same fucking thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result and you just do it bigger. It's like, oh, well, this, you know, normal people, when they do something in their life and it just like collapses in on itself and it's a complete disaster, you don't just double it or triple it or 10 exit. You you do like a 180 and you completely change your approach. But no, no, not our fucking wise overlords in Washington. Uh, that that didn't work out. You know, that caused uh, 10 more problems. Well, let's let's make it bigger. Let's just add to it. That'll fix it. It's It's unbelievable. And look, we've got solutions for all those new problems we created, too. Yeah. We yeah, just need more money for those. We just need a little more money. And we're going <laughs> to that. That is a, a funny little difference is you don't normally hear news agencies telling you that this bill doesn't do what it says it does. It's normally like, hey, well, this is they're calling it this. So it must do that. And no. No, that's not the case here. And to see like mainstream or like, you know, uh, primetime news outlets actually covering it like that is uh, it's pretty interesting. That's a big, big white pill. Yeah. Hey, guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They are our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your morning started right with the taste of freedom. Go to Lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you. And you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I.coffee, promo code Fiction. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty 
as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at lorenzotti.coffee, promo code fiction. All right. Yeah. So the other, um, the other thing that I find interesting, well, which should be, I guess, kind of a white pill for, for everybody, is that <laughs> this whole Donald Trump FBI raid saga, it just kind of proves how unworkable this whole thing is. Like all these people that want to reform these institutions and not abolish them, or we just need to vote in our guy. And then, you know, that will really help change things around. It's like, dude, Donald Trump was the closest we've come to getting an outsider into Washington, DC. And when you look around at just how how fucking hard they they've gone after him and he didn't even really do anything to to actually drain the swamp like <laughs> he put more swamp characters in there than he actually drained and it's all coming back to bite him in the ass but like just how many investigations have they already had into him and are still like ongoing there's like a million lawsuits against this guy they're coming at him from like 30 different fucking angles and it just proves like there's no there's no political solution to this. I, I just don't see it happening where it's like, oh, yeah, we'll just get like a Ron Paul in there and he'll be able to just like unwind this government. I just don't see how that's fucking possible. It, it, it just seems so unfeasible. I don't know. Is that a white pill or not? <laughs> is that a white pill or a black pill? I don't know. We'll call that the that's like a gray pill. It's like, yeah. And, and people are there are more and more people who are starting to see that, um, which is also why national divorce, secession, stuff like that has been trending off and on over the past couple months. Uh, depending on the day and what's going on, you, you might pop into uh, Twitter and see what's trending and you'll find national divorce or secession are trending. And it's because people are starting to get kind of um, blackpilled on the federal aspect of side, but then you see stuff like what's going on in Florida, um, Indiana, Indiana passed a, basically a total abortion ban. Uh, I think it's anything past 10 weeks and there's a whole bunch of stipulations up to that 10 weeks point. Um, it's like, you're starting to see on more state levels, uh, stuff happening and, and also states, which I think, I guess we can kind of credit COVID for this or the, maybe the federal response to COVID specifically the CDC was that state uh, governors and even local politicians started, started taking hardline stances on stuff and saying, no, we're not going to do this. Like we, we are allowed to make our own decisions and sticking to that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what uh, DeSantis kind of does in Florida with all this shit going on. Um, you know, he is, he's sort of carved out that space where he's like, we're not going to fucking bend over for the federal government, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it really, it really does just seem like this whole thing is coming apart at the seams and that the only logical solution, I think if you're taking a, a sober look at this is yeah, this, this thing just got way too big. Uh, for its for its own good too big for its britches um as you well, would say and, and it just it's unworkable it, it doesn't work for anybody 
even you know well, even when your team is in power it's still not working for you especially on the the trump and mar-a-lago raid and fbi stuff like it's nice to see conservatives starting to actually call for reigning in the fbi and doing something about that like uh, why did it take raiding <laughs> trump's house for you to see that because obviously like They've been doing a lot of really shady shit this whole time yeah. that didn't that didn't require a whole lot of like investigation into. Like it was pretty fucking blatantly obvious that they were doing stuff that was really, really terrible. But um, like this being the the straw that broke the camel's back, where they're finally like, yeah, fuck that. This is this is not a good thing. We need to do something about it. Uh, that's maybe a little bit white pilling as long as they don't like turn around and and try to reverse directions if trump gets reelected in 2024 or something yeah yeah it, it was a bridge too far they they cr they finally crossed the line that i don't think that they can come back from and uh yeah we'll see what happens like if i was donald trump i would have already announced that i'm running for president like i don't know what he's waiting for he probably should have been doing it while they were like raiding his house <laughs> like to try to steal the fucking news story or something but yeah i mean if they don't have anything on him, and I mean, it still doesn't look like they do. I, I feel like we would have heard something by now. I don't know what, maybe they're like waiting. They're going to sit on it for two months. And so we have like a nice October surprise or whatever. Um, but man, it's just like, yeah, classified documents. Well, yeah, what did Merrick, what did Merrick Garland say? Cause there was uh Trump, Trump called on Garland to release the release the warrant, release the information that they used to uh, to show that they had all this proof or whatever. And and then all of the dumbass liberals on Twitter were like, oh, Trump got owned. Merrick Garland called his bluff. It's like, oh, what? So what what happened exactly? I, I missed I missed whatever Garland's uh, speech was. Uh, you know, I. Uh... I saw I saw that it was up. I haven't listened to it yet. I, as far as I know, they haven't unsealed anything. The The reason for the warrant was still sealed. There's like a some like the uh, judicial watch or something put in a, a request to unseal it. But um, it, it doesn't look like they're going to unseal it anytime soon. It, it feels like a, a game of uh, retarded back and forth. It's like Trump. Trump says, well, unseal the warrant and show us what you came for. And Merrick Garland's like, well, I'm going to unseal the warrant and I'm going to show you what I, what we did it for. Well, yeah. then you do it. Well, yeah. I'm going to do it. Well, then you do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like two guys that are going to fight, but no, nobody wants to throw the, the first punch. Like the, um, they are going to fucking dine on this for as long as possible. You know, they're going to just like they're going to ring the taxpayer for every last drop of fucking money they have. They're going to ring this FBI raid story for every last fucking drop that they can get out of it. And it just seems like the longer they drag it out, the less it seems to me that they have anything worth talking about. And they're, they're going to drag this out, drag this out, and they're going to maybe drop something, like I said, in October or whatever to really fucking rile up the, you know, the voting base. And hopefully they can not get their asses kicked too hard in these midterms. The, uh, I saw some poll that said like a 60% chance that the Democrats hold on to their seats or something like that. I, I don't believe this polling 
if they're, I, I just don't see it. I, I see them getting, even just historically, when you don't pull all these fucking shady shenanigans, the, um, the incumbent sort of party gets their ass kicked in the midterms. And I don't yeah. see why this would be any different. They, I think at this point, the, the Democrats are like pushing all of their chips into the center of the table and, and really trying to, trying to go all in on everything that they can. Like they're, they're going to throw literally the kitchen sink at some point at Republicans to try to, to try to stave off what's most likely going to happen here in the midterms. And it, it's, uh, I think, I think it's becoming apparently desperate and like, you can tell that the capitulation that they did to get, to get cinema and Joe Manchin on board with the inflation reduction act only to have mainstream media come out and start talking about how it doesn't actually do any of the things that it says it does. Like they're, they're running up against that wall that you just, you can't get through. Yeah. Well, it's hard when you have nothing to really go off of. Like you can only bullshit so much and they're not even that good at bullshitting, but that, I mean, that does seem to be what their approach is going to be. It's like, well, when, when there's smoke, there's fire and they've like fabricated all of this smoke to make it look like there's actually something there. But in, until I, I see some, like I'm, they have like these un um, unconfirmed accounts of what's you know like uh somebody close to this says this or uh an un, unnamed person an anonymous source close to the matter at hand claims that there's a possibility that he had like the nuclear codes in there so it's just like dude come on man we've been through this so many fucking times with the anonymous sources close to the the trump family or whatever it's like this is bullshit this reeks of the same bullshit they've been trying to pull since 20 fucking 15. Why? Like you don't have anything. Usually if you have something, you, you know, you show it like, this is what I got. And if you're fishing and you actually have nothing and you're just kind of fucking dragging your feet, trying to buy some time, hoping that like you can pull something out of your fucking ass at the last second. That's, that seems to be a lot more uh, how this feels than then they actually have something and they're just kind of sitting on it and waiting for the perfect moment to drop the bomb on us. Well, and that's the way it's been with everything for the last six years, the, uh, the Russian collusion stuff, they had all of these like bombshell testimonies and everything that was going to really like blow that up. And then all of it proved to be either hearsay or complete bullshit, or it was unprovable or inadmissible or like, uh, remember the, the Russian, bounties in afghanistan yeah and then that all yeah. of that that proved to be complete bullshit like they, <laughs> but the thing is they they run with it for so long saying like we've got this we've got this we've got this and we'll show it to you by the time they actually show you nothing most people have stopped paying attention and they heard the we've got this like ten thousand times already they just assume that it's true like what percentage of uh of democrats like and never trumpers believe that the whole Russia conspiracy thing is fact. I, I, I bet it's a really high percentage of people that, you know, you run with this story, you don't actually show anything. You just say it over and over and over again. It just becomes true as far as they're concerned. And even after like the report comes out and says like, yeah, we basically got nothing, but here's like 10 things that we found. Um, 
that's good enough. You know, that's to them is validates the whole story. And and then like the really, really fucked up thing about that is <clears throat> if you can show them the evidence that that this false narrative that they've been running with is wrong, then they just tell you that no, that's that's not right. You're wrong. Yeah, they don't want like, to hear no, it. No, this it literally says right here, like you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Like, nah, I don't believe that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we saw it, you know, COVID was another great example of that. <laughs> I was reading this article today. It's like four out of 10 people say that the pandemic is over for them. And I was like, I don't know who they're fucking serving. Like they're going back to normal life now. So there's still six out of 10 people that are putting masks on everywhere they go. Um, getting all these like vaccines and these boosters and everything like that and changing the way they live based on uh, COVID restrictions. And the amount of evidence was overwhelming since, you know, mid 2020 that this is like completely overblown. And here we are two and a half years later, there are still, there are still a handful of people, a, a large percentage of people that are like, COVID's a serious thing and we really need We're going to have to live with it and you can get long COVID. And this is like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know man. spend enough time on Twitter and you'll, you'll still run across the people that are harping on. If you would just wear your mask, if you would just wear your mask, like lady, we gave up on masks years ago. Like what yeah. are we doing here? And it's always a woman every single time. <laughs> not, not nothing against women. Uh, our female listeners, I love you dearly. I, I probably actually know most of you anyway, but not you. Uh, we do have the best uh, female listeners, and out of all the libertarian podcasts, all six of them. <laughs> no, our, our female numbers, I think, are fairly high for uh, for a libertarian podcast, like. I don't know, thirteen percent or something. I'd say based on the uh, based on the Facebook group, I think we have a a good number, and they are actually like active participants, and and they bring they bring a lot to the table. And I do a lot of work for a lot of different podcasts, and I I don't see the uh, the volume that we we seem to have. So yeah, we gotta get some some more women involved in this movement here. I don't know what's wrong with them, why they don't want to get involved. <sighs> That's 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 a whole episode all into itself. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I know we gotta we gotta wrap pretty soon because you gotta go to work. What's uh what do you got going on? Anything you need to plug? Uh yes, I have a big plug, but it's up in the air right now. So we're going to do a Mother Jones did a hit piece on Blake Masters, and then after winning his primary, uh the New York Times also did I don't know. It was supposedly a hit piece, but the more I've read it, the more I'm like, yeah, I love this dude. Um, so me, Connor Freeman and Patrick McFarlane from the Libertarian Institute and uh, Jason of the Two-Bit Podcast are going to do a breakdown on the Mother Jones and New York Times hit pieces on on Blake Masters, um, which is an interesting tie in because, you know, when you were talking about like Trump earlier, um, and not accomplishing the things that he was said he would when he got into office and actually putting more swamp creatures in, in place instead of draining the swamp. Uh, Peter Thiel and, and masters were part of like the, 
the planning stages for the Trump presidency. And they were suggesting like radical changes that would legitimately drain the swamp and like flip the whole thing on its head. And they were too, they were too radical for the Trump administration. And so, so he went with uh, all the milk toast uh, swamp creature bullshit instead. Uh, so, so seeing, uh, doing like a breakdown of, of masters and looking at like the face of the new right going forward, uh, we were going to do it Sunday and we're a little bit up in the air right now. we got to reschedule. I think it's going to be, I think it's maybe going to be Tuesday night that we're going to do that. But uh, so that's coming up sometime next week. Cool. Cool. Well, um, yeah, we're doing the, the fr- are you going to join us for happy hour tonight or are you going to be otherwise engaged? It's, I will probably be on because if last night was any indication of what tonight is going to be like at work, it's going to be fucking dead. So I'm going to need something to keep me entertained. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, that will kick that off at 730 Central Standard Time. Oh, our merchandise shop is having a 35% off sale. I will link to that in the description. You can get your uh, your Peddling Fiction merch for 35% off. That's a pretty solid deal. I mean, the, the, um, the shipping is a little uh, pricey with this place, but... Um, that'll help uh, offset those costs there. You can get a mug or a T-shirt or a tote bag, whatever the fuck you want. Um, you can become a supporting listener in the show. I will link to that in the description. That will automatically get you into the uh, Friday night happy hours. Uh, I did invite the top 10 contributors for this past month of the private Facebook group to this one tonight as well. So we might have a couple new faces in there. Uh, what else? The uh, so the the super spreader event. Fuck, I dude, trying to do business in Mexico is like pulling goddamn teeth, and the amount of money I'm trying to give these people um, is just like it's astronomical, and it's just unbelievable how hard it is to get them to respond. Like you have to chase these people down. Be like, hey, can I give you ten thousand dollars? Um, so uh, I'm working on nailing down a venue. I'm pretty sure I have one. I just have to go look at it and they're doing this thing where they want, that drives me fucking crazy. They want to charge me $50 to go look at this venue and they'll refund it if I book the venue, obviously. But it's like, I hate, uh, businesses that operate that way. They nickel and dime you over all this stupid shit when you're going to be spending a lot of money there. But the, the place does look, um, pretty pretty nice so i do want to have that locked down by next week i'm already like a month behind schedule on this of course because i've had three different venues fall through um so keep an eye out for that i'm still eyeing like mid the middle of december so we're going to be under the gun again for that for about three three and a half uh months of ticket sales but uh we're going to try to get about 100 people down there this year so more than double the event last year. And it, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be better than it was last year. Um, I barely pulled it off last year, <laughs> but I think, I think everyone had a really good time and uh, we're going to, we're going to three exit this year and it should be, it should be a really good time. So keep your schedule clear for that. And then I'm also speaking at an event in November, so I, I don't anticipate a lot of our listeners coming down in November and then again in December. So I haven't really been plugging that much around these parts. I, I think it's more for people that are already in the uh, the Mexico area, 
but uh, maybe I'll get a recording of that. I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet either. I haven't really given a speech yet. So I thought it was kind of weird that they asked me to speak. <laughs> it's like, and then they immediately were like, what are you going to talk about? I was like, I don't fucking know. You're, you're asking me what I'm going to talk about six months from now. I have no idea. She's been like, what are the main topics of the, uh, or what, you know, what's the main point of this event? And I'll craft my speech around that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, I'm, I'm kind of excited to do it. I think it'll be fun. And the event seems very interesting. Like people camp out and they have like a bunch of different stuff going on. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, like paintball and yoga and ATV, like all kinds of weird shit going on. So um, that should be interesting. Um, I forget, I even forget the name of the event, so I'm not doing a great job of plugging it on here, but like I said, I don't think you guys, I'd rather have you come to the, uh, the super spreader, which I think we're going to do in PV this year, not Sayulita. So it should be easier for people to get to. I'd much rather have you come to that than come hear me speak in, in November. So clear your calendars for December. I'd like to see as many of the fiction peddlers out there as we can. We had a pretty good turnout, uh, last year. I would say maybe 20% of the people were probably listeners of this show, which is cool um, as it should be. But this year it's going to be bigger, mo bigger and mo better. And we need uh, more listeners out there. You're coming, right? Did you get I'm, your passport figured out? I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, oh, I got to get on Robbie about that too. He was trying to make some passport bullshit excuse up. Cause he's afraid of coming back to Mexico. <laughs> Mostly for me, um, December is the month. So the way my work schedule goes, I go back and forth one month. I work every weekend. The next month I don't work on weekends. So December is my weekend working month. So I, I need a date so I can uh, make sure I schedule off. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, um, as soon as I hear back from these people <laughs> that, you know, they're like, it takes them two days to get a response. Like no matter how many times you call and you fucking email, it's like two days later, they'll, they'll send me an email at like nine 30 at night or something. And I'll, and I'll respond immediately and I won't hear from them. And I'll call them like the next day and whatever. Uh, we'll get it figured out. Um, I am middle of December right now. And it's going to be, um, the, the venue is going to be like a three night. We're going to have it for three nights and we're going to rent out, um, some of the rooms. So. Uh, to people that want the the villa VIP experience, um, you you can stay at the place for three nights, which would be pretty cool with uh, with all the with myself and all the other uh, special guests and everything. So, should be a lot of fun, and I am kind of um, cautiously optimistically looking forward to it. But I did forget. It's amazing how quickly I forgot how much I hate doing all of this shit. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. The the pain I endure for you guys out there. I hope you appreciate it. Like I appreciate each and every one of you guys. So thank you so very much for listening. Don't forget to uh, buy some merch and uh, start looking at flights to Mexico in December. And if you guys can do all that for us, we will be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.